You know, for centuries, pastors and priests on this weekend stand before congregations and say, Christ is risen. And people respond with passion, he is risen indeed. And so today, as we gather online, Christ the Lord is risen, he's risen indeed. The stone's been rolled away. The tomb is empty. He is not there. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Today we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Alpha, the Omega, the Light of the World, the Bread of Life, Emmanuel, the Prince of Peace, the Risen One. Something hit me this week. This is the first Easter that I'm not in the church celebrating with other believers. Because of the coronavirus and social distancing, we're not in church. But we are the church. Time and space cannot separate us from the faith we share in Christ Jesus, which kind of got me thinking about things in a new light. I realized that, that Easter, the resurrection story, is about distance. You know, to fully understand the resurrection story, you have to back up three days when Jesus took his last breath and cried out, it is finished. I mean, what was finished? The work of salvation. When Jesus died on the cross, he, he died for the sins of the world. He died for your sins and mine. He died to pay the debt of sin, to make a relationship with God possible. He died to close the distance between us and God. You know, after Jesus' death, a follower of his, Joseph of Arimathea, went to the Roman governor Pilate to get permission to bury the body. Joseph provided the tomb. He wrapped Jesus' body for burial. Matthew 27, 61 says this, Mary Magdalene was there, and so was the other Mary. They sat across from the tomb, watching and remembering. These women are sitting at a distance. They're watching, they're grieving, they're remembering. I mean, remembering's a distant thing. They, they feel the distance of their loss. Jesus had promoted women in a society that regarded women as second-class citizens. Jesus treated them with respect. He welcomed their leadership and their service. In fact, a careful reading of Scripture, you discover that these women are the first ones at the cross. Scripture says they were looking on from a distance. They took everything in. They, they witnessed everything that happened. They're the first at the cross, and they're the last to leave the scene. So it's not surprising that now they're lingering at the tomb. I mean, how did they say goodbye to someone who had affected their lives in such a dramatic way? Now he's gone. I mean, there's nothing they could do but grieve, feel the loss. You know, after a graveside service, it's hard to leave. It's hard to pull yourself away, isn't it? 
Mary Magdalene, the other Marys, they, they watch as the stones rolled across the entrance of the tomb. And then they head home in despair. There's something about a grave. I mean, it reminds us we're mortal. It reminds us we're not in control. We don't know when our time is up. I, I think that's why this coronavirus has gripped people's hearts and minds, because it's reminded all of us that our days are numbered. I'm reminded that one day, you know, there'll be a marker that says Damon Talkington, born July 4th, 1962, and then a dash and another date will be added. I don't get to decide that day. The thing I get to decide is how I will live between the dash. You know, God gives me incredible clarity when I'm looking at a gravestone. I realize how I should spend my time, you know, focusing on my relationship with God, with my family, with friends. It helps me understand what's important and what's not important. I mean, in a graveyard, the, the reminder of death actually defines life. We, we know from Scripture that some of Jesus' followers went to the graveyard early one morning to visit Jesus' tomb. They, they brought spices to anoint the body, maybe out of respect. Maybe they didn't know what else to do. It was still dark, very early. But from a distance, they realized that the stone that had been covering the tomb entrance had been rolled away. And when they looked inside, the body of Jesus was gone. Luke 24, verses 4 and 5 says, While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their face to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Friends, God is able to quickly reverse desperate situations. And just because God's silent does not mean God is distant or absent. You, you may not hear God. But that does not mean that God can't hear you. When you face despair, when you face a circumstance that, that's desperate, wait for God to work. Trust God. Hold on. Move forward in obedience. Be God-honoring. It's not the end. God is more than able. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. You know, some of you are facing incredible challenges. Some of you, the situation you face, it's difficult, it's painful, it's con confusing. And some of you are living in despair. And you're ready to give up. And let me ask you, why are you living as though God is dead? The tomb is empty. Jesus Christ is risen. He's not in the grave. Our God is more than able our God is not distant. Our God can shake the earth and God can roll away the stone of despair. That's why we celebrate Easter, because Jesus walked out of the grave. God can bring 
dead things to life. He specializes in it. It's interesting if you read the four resurrection accounts that are found in the Gospels. It's the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew looks at it from one perspective, Mark another, Luke and John another. Mark adds a little detail, easily missed. You know, after the angel announces Jesus is not here, he's risen, they instruct the women to, to carry a message. And Mark says this, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. The angels say, go tell the disciples, oh, oh yeah, and don't forget to tell Peter that Jesus will meet up with them in Galilee. Why, why is Peter singled out? I mean, was he more important? No. If you backtrack to the not-so-distant past, the last time Peter and Jesus were together, it was in the upper room. When they took the, the Last Supper together, Jesus informs the disciples that evening of what's coming. Peter, who is at that point known as Simon, he kind of inserts himself into the situation. And he says, Jesus, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't care where you're going. You can count on me. Other people may fail you, but not me. I will be right by your side. And then Jesus says, Simon, you will walk away. You will deny knowing me. In fact, you will deny me three times in the next few hours. Later that night, Jesus is arrested. Luke records this, Luke 22, verse 54. But Peter was following at a distance. We always get in trouble when we start following Jesus at a distance. And that's what happened to Peter that night. little girl sees him and says, you, you were with him. He's like, no, not me. Three times someone recognizes Simon Peter as a disciple, and three times he would lie. He would deny knowing Jesus. And that third time, it hit him. I mean, he remembered what Jesus had predicted. Scripture says he wept bitterly. You know, Peter felt like a failure. He was ashamed. He thought, there's no way Jesus can love me now. I think that's why the angel said, go tell the disciples and Peter to go to Galilee to see Jesus. I mean, here's the, the thing about sin and shame. It, it keeps you at a distance. You know, Jesus died on the cross to close that gap. The resurrection was about undistancing. You know, Jesus died to take away the sin and the shame. And when Jesus walked out of the grave, he wiped sin, the power of sin. He erased it completely, that, that chasm, the distance that sin had created between us and God was eliminated. 
a relationship with God was possible. Friends, we have all done things we wish we hadn't done. We wish we hadn't said. We wish we hadn't thought. And here's the tragedy. Some of you, because of the guilt, because of the shame, the regret, some of you keep your distance from God. Jesus died for you. He walked out of the grave to eliminate that distance, to erase your sins. Paul writes in Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14, it says, God forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us and its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. After the resurrection, Peter, he's distancing himself. You know, some scholars believe that Peter was returning to his previous profession as a fisherman. Stories found in John 21. It says Peter, Peter was fishing with some of the other disciples. On, they're a distance out from the shore. Jesus shows up, and he starts fixing breakfast. Breakfast on the beach. It's, it's an act of love. It's a meal that's meant to close the distance. The scripture says Jesus was waiting. I think he was specifically waiting for Peter. The disciples, they have no idea that it's Jesus on the shore. Jesus calls out to him and says, hey, you caught anything? No, we haven't caught anything. Cast your nets on the right side of the boat. And scripture says they caught so many fish that they couldn't even haul in the net. That's so like Jesus. Peter's the first one to realize that it's Jesus. For Peter, it brings him back to a not too distant memory. He remembers how he met Jesus the first time. He'd been out fishing all night. He didn't catch a single fish. And Jesus said, recast the net. I imagine a little reluctantly. I mean, Peter was a fisherman. He knew fishing, but he recast the net. And they brought in such a haul that their nets broke that day. And that's when Peter gave up fishing. And he started following Jesus as a disciple. This time, when Peter realizes it's Jesus, I mean, he's overcome with passion. He jumps from, from the boat, he swims to shore. You know, this is the first time since Peter denied knowing Jesus, this is the first time he's eye to eye with Jesus since the resurrection. And Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? See, Jesus is making a point. Jesus is reminding Peter that he had denied him three times. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter, do, do you love me? You know I do. Peter, do you love me? 
Lord, I love you. And then Jesus says to him, then feed my sheep. And Peter would. Peter would not fail the next time. In fact, Peter would die for his faith. Friends, Jesus is always trying to close the distance. Jesus is always pursuing and reaching out, trying to get close. Jesus is always loving us. It's hard to understand and comprehend sometimes. God loves you and God loves me. And Peter, he, he was a person like you and me who needed grace, who needed to know forgiveness, who needed a, a fresh start. When Peter came face to face with the resurrected Jesus, Peter experienced unconditional love, grace. And that distance that he felt just faded. Later, Peter reflects on all this. First Peter 1, verse 3, it says, Let us thank the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was through his loving kindness that we were born again to a new life and have a hope that never dies. This hope is ours because Jesus was raised from the dead. Some of you need to let this passage saturate your mind and your heart. Because the, the tomb is empty. Th this hope is ours. Because of the empty tomb, we, we have everything to live for. Because of the empty tomb, everything has changed. Be because of the empty tomb, we have a living hope. The power of sin has been destroyed. Friends, because of the empty tomb, the distance has been closed. A relationship with God is possible. Because of the empty tomb, we know that all things are possible with God. And because of the empty tomb, we celebrate Jesus is risen. Today, we remember Jesus' sacrifice. And we remember by sharing in Holy Communion together. And I know for some of you, this may seem strange. It seems strange because maybe you didn't have grape juice. You're using some other juice, maybe water. And I just want to tell you, it, it's okay. God understands. Jesus understands. And I'm reminded Jesus was the one that changed water into wine. See, the element today is not the focus. Remembering is what's important. And although we're celebrating at a distance physically, you know, we're separated by time and space, God will draw us close spiritually and bridge the, the distance. Communion, it's a reminder that Jesus died for you and me. Our sins have been erased. A relationship with God is possible. So we remember. Let's bow in prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. 
And we thank you that your son went to the cross and died for our sins. God, we remember today the sacrifice. God, I pray we'd never take it lightly. God, I pray you would bless these elements, the juice that reminds us of the blood that was shed for us, the bread that reminds us that Jesus' body was broken for us. God, as we partake, help us to remember and then help us to live accordingly in our lives. God, we thank you for your sacrifice. And we thank you for the power that allowed your son to walk out of the grave. He is risen. We give you the praise with all we say and do. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Scripture says this, Luke 22, 19 and 20. Then he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread. In like manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant, and my blood which has been shed for you. Take the cup at this time. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for sending your Son to close the distance so that we could have a relationship with you. Today, we join with people around the world to celebrate our faith. I mean, we believe Jesus is the Son of God. We believe Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. We believe he rose from the dead on the third day. We believe the tomb is empty. We believe the distance was eliminated. A, a relationship with God is possible. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Have a great day.